Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. How many of you have ever been um, legitimately disappointed in an online purchase? Like maybe, maybe you ordered it. Maybe it was like one of those things where you impulse bought it, like an Instagram ad popped up and you thought, they know me. No, they don't know you. They're stalking you. But you thought, they know me. I got to have that. You, you know, most of, most of the time, uh, my regretful purchases online come from clothing. Anybody else? Like you, you, you get it and you put it on, you're like, I look nothing like the model on Amazon. <laughs> I was supposed to look better than this. But the most disappointing online purchase I've ever made was about a year ago, I ordered a uh, roll-up bed cover for my truck. And I, I had done my research. I had measured my bed. I had, I had ordered. I, I just wanted to make it clear. I ordered the right thing. I, it was the right size. I ordered the right size. So it comes in, and uh, I go to install it. Now, one of the things you should know about me is anytime I'm putting something together or installing anything, I, like, tighten the stuff up. I put it together, but Melissa reads the directions and tells me what to put together because, like, maybe this is a diagnosable thing, but when I look at directions, literally, like, my entire brain just, boop, and I got nothing. I don't know where to start. I don't know where the parts are. It seems like it's more complicated than it should be, but I don't even know where to start anyway. And so she always reads the directions, and I always put the thing together. And so we've been out in approximately 136-degree heat for about an hour, and we get almost to the end of this thing, and I'm about to latch the roll-up cover on the back of the truck, and it's like that much too short. So I, 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 Melissa says, I, Jonathan, I don't think it's, it's the right cover. I know I ordered the right one, so I start to st- try to stretch that thing out. I, I try all different kind of stuff, loosen and tighten everything. 30 minutes later, I declare she was right. So we have to uninstall the bed cover, pack it back up, send it back, and get another one. Disappointing, right? Disappointments, disappointments happen. A disappointment can be defined as this. Disappointments happen when a person a thing or a situation doesn't meet the expectations that we placed on it. And some of you have been disappointed in much bigger ways than an Amazon purchase, haven't you? Where you thought one thing was going to happen and it didn't, so you get get disappointed. Or maybe you thought you had this idea that if I just had that, like if I just got that, if if I could live there, if I could do that, then I would be happy and you weren't, and so you're disappointed, and you're kind of wondering, like, where do I go from here? Or some of you have been disappointed about other people. You trusted somebody, you confided in them, and then a couple of years down the road, they show their true colors, and so you get disappointed in, in, in your relationship with them. Some of you have been to the job interview, where you thought everything was awesome. You thought you killed it. You talked about their kids. You talked about your kids. You thought you had so much in common, but you get a call back a week later, or you don't hear back. And you didn't, get, you didn't get the job. We've all, we've all been disappointed. Be honest. Have you ever been disappointed in God? Where 
you thought and you believed and you prayed and you begged him to do something. But yet he didn't seem to have any interest in answering your prayer. Or maybe you thought he was healing you, you thought he was taking care of the cancer, or you thought he was taking care of the issue that you had, but you go back to the doctor and all of a sudden you realize he isn't shrinking anything, it is actually growing. Or maybe you thought he was restoring the relationship with your kids, and then they disown you again. Or maybe you experienced some sort of of deep hurt and you wondered why in the world didn't he protect you from that. Or maybe you just look around the world and you think, God, where are you? And so you're disappointed. Here's what I know is all of us have been disappointed at some point in our life, no matter how young, no matter how old you are, you could be three, you could be 85, and you have been disappointed in your life. And if the disappointment that you go through is a big enough deal to you, it will cause you to begin to doubt God. In fact, disappointment is often the catalyst of doubt. Think about it. When you're disappointed in someone, you begin to doubt your relationship with them, don't you? When you're disappointed in yourself, you begin to doubt your identity and your worth. When you feel like you're disappointed in God, oftentimes that will be the beginning place of doubt. In fact, if you're in here this morning and you feel like you have checked out on God or you've quiet, quietly quit him, which means basically I'm just going through the motions, I don't I don't talk to him during the week. I don't feel anything inside. Or maybe you've just completely ran away from God. My bet would be is that it started because you got disappointed in something he did do or something he didn't do. A lot of people's first step away from God is when they were disappointed. And a lot of times it's around unanswered prayer or being hurt by other people around you. And you begin to doubt, is God even there? Today, I wanna try to reset our expectations, and I want us to to help us to try to deal with disappointment in life and also disappointment with with God. Today, I want to preach a message we're titled, Filled to the Brim. Filled to the Brim. We're going to be in Luke 5. Luke 5, one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. I love the story of the calling of Simon, who would later become Peter. So you'll, you'll hear me refer to him some as Simon, some as Peter, sometimes Simon Peter, all the same dude. But one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture, just to kind of catch you up to this point in Luke, Jesus has done a few healings, he's done a few miracles, and now in Luke chapter 5, he begins the selection process of his disciples, his friends, his BFFs, the people that he's going to do life with for the next three years, and this is an important decision for him because keep in mind, you and I are here as a result of what these disciples did. They were going to be the ones that were going to be responsible for carrying Jesus' message throughout the earth after he had died, rose, and ascended into heaven. And so Jesus begins this selection process, and we'll pick up the story in Luke 5, starting in verse 1. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. When he sat down, 
Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So here's the way I picture this. Jesus is teaching. His back is to the water. There's a whole bunch of people. They're crowding. They're getting closer and closer and closer to him. And so in order to make more room, he begins to to back up, and he's almost standing in the water. And so he turns around. He's like, a couple of boats. I'll just kind of make that my stage. And then he goes and gets in Simon Peter's boat, kind of hijacks his boat. And Peter willingly, apparently, willingly gives Jesus his boat to teach from. Here's my question to you this morning. Are you willing to let Jesus into your boat? I don't mean, can he drive your pontoon this weekend? I don't mean, can he ride, can you ride on the back with him driving your jet ski? Although, can you, can you imagine how awesome that would be? Be like, I have nothing to fear. Like, he can walk across this stuff. Let him drive my jet ski. I don't, I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, will, will, will you let Jesus into those things that mean the most to you? You see, this boat would have been important for Peter. It was, it was where he made his livelihood. It was important. It was essential to his life. Will you allow Jesus into those areas of your life, those areas of your heart that you don't tell anybody about, that you kind of hold back from giving and surrendering to him? Will you let Jesus into your boat? Will you let him into that disappointment that you had in life? Will you let him into those places, those people, those things that mean the most to you? These men, they've been fishing all night, and they've caught nothing. The Bible says that they were washing their nets. You know why they were washing their nets? Because they were dirty. I'm, I'm seriously. And, and so what they would have had to do is they would have had to, every day, they, every, every day when they came back, they would have had to wash and dry these nets. Otherwise, they would have become, they would become brittle and they would, have, they would have been ruined. They would have fallen apart. So can't you just imagine, a little fishing net here, can't, can't you just imagine these men after fishing all night, especially Peter, and if you know anything about Peter, Peter throughout the rest of the, the Gospels is a pretty hard-nosed guy, probably cussed a lot, But can you imagine Peter as he's washing his nets after fishing all night, him and these other guys? Can't you just imagine they're like beating the thing on the rocks? They're probably complaining to each other because like, isn't that what you do when you have a a bad day? Like you complain to the people that are closest to you. Y'all don't do that? Oh, thank goodness. Okay. But can't you just imagine they're kind of mad, they're washing their nets, probably about to throw the things in the trash, but then they remember, this is all I got, this is all I can do, this is a family business. And so they're washing their nets, they're mad, they're grumbling, they're huffing, they're puffing, they're complaining. Peter's probably cussing at the net, calling it all kind of names. And then Jesus finishes teaching, and he turns and he talks to Simon Peter. And this is what he says. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we've worked all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Uh, Do you see it? It's Simon Peter's disappointment. We've worked all night and we haven't caught anything anything. He's frustrated. He's upset. And he's disappointed. This is where Peter's expectations do not meet his reality. Because keep in mind, this isn't like a father-son fishing trip for Peter. 
this isn't a weekend getaway on a boat where you do fishing and drinking Diet Coke, okay? This isn't that kind of fishing trip. This was Peter's livelihood. This is what Peter did. Every night that he went fishing would have been an important day, and he caught nothing. You know, sometimes our disappointments turn into appointments with God. Sometimes it's in the midst of your disappointment that you allow God to work in your life. Sometimes that's the only time we'll let him in. Some of you, you came to faith like this, didn't you? Things got so bad, you got so disappointed, you got so upset, you didn't know where to turn, and that was the appointment that God had made with you. Sometimes your disappointments turn into appointments with God. If you're a seasoned believer in the room, and you, you've been following Jesus for a while, wouldn't you say that your times of the most growth happen on the other side of a disappointment? Like when you didn't get what you wanted, when you couldn't easily pay the bills, when they did get sick, when you did face the tragedy, when you felt like you were all alone, when you did get rejected, those are the times where oftentimes God does the most work inside of us because through the disappointment, it's almost like it opens us up to an appointment. If you're disappointed this morning, you have one of two, way, uh, two choices. You can either run away from God and you can disown him and try to get away from him or you can decide, I'm going to run to God and decide this is an appointment for him to do something inside of me that he couldn't have done without this disappointment. Which way are you gonna go? Are you going to run to him? Or are you going to keep your appointment that you have with him? It's going to be the case for Peter here. Jesus was teaching to the crowd that day. But it becomes pretty clear as you continue to read this story that Jesus had an appointment with Peter and with those people that were washing their nets with him. He's about to show them that he can bring deliverance through disappointment. So Jesus tells Peter, he says, let down your nets for a catch. If you're disappointed today, can you get to the place where you can trust God one more time? Because in the midst of your disappointment, what you want to do is you want to say, well, that's not happening to me again. I'm not going to be disappointed again. But like Peter, are you, are you willing to let down your nets one more time? Because if you don't, you will stay stuck in the place of disappointment and God will never have the opportunity to reset your expectations. Like Peter, you have to be willing to trust again after disappointment. I know it's hard. I know you feel let down. I know you feel like God's abandoned you. I know you feel like people have abandoned you. I know you feel like nobody's trustworthy. I know you feel like it's always gonna be like this, but you have to have just a little bit of faith again to trust him one more time. Do you remember when Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, if you have the faith of a very tiny seed, literally you can move mountains with that faith. Can you trust him just a little? Because I hear it all the time. I don't have enough faith, faith for that. 
Well, can I just tell you that even if you don't have much faith, you still have plenty if you have your faith in the one who can actually move the mountains and repair relationships and change lives. Just a little bit of faith is all you need. Can you trust him right now just, just enough to say, God, maybe you are doing something even though I don't understand, even though I can't see it? Are you willing to let down your nets again in your relationships, in your health, in your job, in your relationship with God? So Jesus tells him, let your nets down. And Peter looks back and says, we've worked hard all night. We ain't caught jack. But because you say so, I'll do it again. Anybody have because I said so parents growing up? Didn't it drive you nuts? drove you nuts. Why? Because I said so. Why? Because I said so. You know, that drove me nuts, and I always thought it was an illegitimate reason until I had a child. <laughs> so now when he asks why, I, I'm gracious. I try to explain, but if he keeps asking, sometimes all, literally all you can say is because I said so. I ain't got time to sit here and explain to you all of the reasons why sticking that in the light socket's not a, bad, not a good idea. Sometimes I don't have the time to explain, and sometimes he wouldn't understand it if I explained it anyway, would he? Sometimes you have to move with God simply because he says, he's, simply because he says so. Simply because he said it, you have to move. It's not going to make sense. It's still going to hurt. It's still going to bother you, but sometimes you have to go on a because I said so when it comes from God because there is something that he can't, doesn't have the time to explain to you, and if he could, you couldn't understand it because he is so much bigger and better than you. Sometimes you just got to go and trust him because, because he says so. It won't make sense. It won't add up, but because he says so, you'll have to do it. And so now... We see the result. Verse 6 says, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Now, it's important to know that it was a well-known fact on this lake that the best fishing was at night and in shallow water. Jesus has just given them some crazy instructions because he told them during the day to go into deeper water. Because sometimes you've got to trust God after the disappointment so that he can do something that you could have never imagined in the first place. He wants to do something that doesn't make sense. He can still do this today, y'all. He can still take that thing that you feel like is broken and so far gone. He can still take that person in your life that you feel is just a, a nuisance, and he can use it all for something bigger. We still have a God who can do the unexplainable. He can still heal. He can still do miracles. He can still restore marriages. He can still restore hope. He can still save kids. We have a God who can do things that we look at and say, that makes no sense, but you have to trust him even in the disappointment. The same Jesus who can tell some professional fishermen to go completely off script can reach down into your situation and do something beyond your imagination. But you have to be willing to trust him one more 
time, don't let the disappointment you feel discount God's ability to do the unexpected in your life. Verse 6 says, when they had done so, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their necks began to break. You know, every great blessing of God begins with a because they did so. And I, I thought about this a lot because I always struggle making comments like every and always. But I think it's true. Because God is completely capable of doing whatever he wants in your life. But he's going to give you a part to play in it too. He's completely capable of doing it himself, but because he wants to walk alongside of you and he wants to have a relationship with you, he wants you to play a part in it as well. And so the Bible says that when they had done so, that was when they caught the fish. Notice I didn't say that we earn God's blessings. I didn't say that we earn his love, but we have a part to play in our lives. And that is why you can't blame all of your disappointment on God because you have a part to play. I have a part to play. The people around us have a part to play. So yes, you're disappointed, but it may not all be God's fault when they had done so. You know what I think is one of not just church, but culture's greatest mistakes is that we expect the large catch of fish without casting the net. Have y'all noticed that? We expect everything to come so easy. And I think we bring that into this context too, this church context. So yes, God loves you. He is passionate about you. He, he wants a relationship with you. He wants to move mountains for you. He wants to heal you. He wants for you to talk to him. He wants for you to rest in his arms. But sometimes you got to move first. God can't do something for you that he's already told you to do. And so we want the catch of fish. We want the boat full of fish before, before we can e we even pick up the heavy net. The net's too heavy. Just forget about the fish in the boat. That's what we say, isn't it? He gives you a part to play. And that's why you can't blame all of your disappointment on God. Sometimes it's my fault. Sometimes it's the fault of the people around me. Sometimes it's just because we live in a fallen world and people are messed up and people make mistakes. Boatload of fish in tow. They asked for help. Look at verse 7. It says, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. So these men, who are professional fishermen, who had been doing it all their life, it would have been a family business, had been disappointed because of their lack of success. Their expectations of fishing that evening had not been met. And then they have an encounter with Jesus. They're willing to trust him just enough. And Jesus feels the exact disappointment that they had been going through. Did you catch that? Jesus filled the boat that Peter was willing to let him in. The, these men, were, they, were, they were discouraged because they hadn't caught any fish. What does Jesus do when he shows up? He gives them a ton of fish. 
Jesus showing up on the scene is the thing that changed this. It wasn't the fish. It wasn't the time of day. It was because Jesus was in their presence. Jesus will exceed your expectations if you will let him. God's goal for your life isn't to meet all of your expectations, but for you to be fully satisfied in him. That's the way Jesus, that's the way Jesus exceeds your expectations. His goal for your life isn't to meet all of your expectations. It's not to do everything you ask him to do. It's not to check all of your boxes. No, it's for you to be fully satisfied in who he is. When you realize God's greatest blessing for you isn't in giving you everything you want, but in giving you what you need, you can begin to trust him. You see, that morning, Peter and these fishermen's nets had to be emptied so that Jesus could fill them up. Because it was in the midst of the disappointment that Jesus not only met their expectations of catching fish, but exceeded them in giving them himself. Disappointments are often God's appointments to do something beyond your understanding. So what if? What if you didn't get what you want? What if you were let down? What if he didn't meet your expectations. And what God has been doing this whole time is to try to get you to see that he wants to fill you instead. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to rely on him. He wants for your relationship with him to get deeper and he wants to satisfy you no matter how your expectations are met or not met. It's what Jesus wants for you. For you to know that your circumstances don't have to be perfect. They can let you down. Life can be difficult. Things can be out of control, but you're going to be okay. Do you remember that boat? The thing that I asked you at the beginning, will you let Jesus in your boat? Peter's boat was filled to the brim with brim. Have you thought about that? I don't know if they were really brim or not, but they were something. And not only was the boat filled, but Peter and these other men are about to walk away fulfilled too. Being empty of success is nothing more than space to be filled with Christ. Now, of course, the natural response when it comes to disappointment and it comes to expectations is to think, well, if I don't expect anything, then I won't be disappointed, right? Some of you have lived that. If I, if, if I don't expect anything out of them, they're not going to disappoint me. If I don't expect God to do anything, then I won't be disappointed in what God, God does. But isn't joy based on expectations too? Like when you get ready for the vacation, isn't the joy based on the expectations leading up to the fun that you think you're going to have on the vacation? Isn't the joy of seeing a friend based on the expectations that you have of that friend when you see him? Isn't looking forward to a meal based on the expectation of how that taco is going to taste? Isn't, isn't the joy of heaven for a believer based on the expectation of how marvelous it's going to be? You see, the answer to disappointment isn't in reducing your expectations. It's being filled no matter what happens with the hope that only Jesus can give you. And I think, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why I get so excited up here sometimes, y'all, because I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be disappointed, to be discouraged. I know what it's like to be disappointed in myself. 
I know what it's like to wonder, do you have what it takes? I know, I know what it's like, like, like to wonder, is God ever going to get me out of this? I know what it's like to wonder and to be disappointed, but I also know what it's like to be filled with Jesus, y'all. There's nothing like it. And that's why I get excited up here. And, 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 and I've even had this thought when I'm up here getting excited. I've even had this thought. Some people may not like me yelling. And you know what I've decided? I don't care because I know what this message does, y'all. Like, I, 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 I felt the need to beat up on myself. I felt like I didn't have it. I felt like I was too stupid. I felt like I didn't meet someone's expectations. I felt disappointed. I felt discouraged. I felt depressed. But there's nothing like being filled with the hope of Jesus. If you'll run to the Father and you will give him just enough space to let down your nets one more time, you will be filled to the brim. And so that's why, like it or not, that's why I get excited. Let's, let's look at the conclusion of the story. Verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. So not only does he feel Peter's desires, but he redirects his entire life. Did you catch that? Like it would have been enough for Jesus to have filled the boat with fish. Because that would have answered the disappointment of Peter. But instead, he doesn't just answer the disappointment, but he changes his entire future as well. God doesn't want to just meet your expectations. He doesn't just want you to do everything that you ask him to do. No, he wants to change your life at a deeper level forever. So now no longer are these men just throwing their net out at night in shallow water to come back to a disappointment and a dirty net. But now they have a calling. They have a purpose because Jesus filled them with something that they never could have caught that night. He wants to do the same for you. To take the disappointment you've been feeling, to take the life you've been living, and to fill you to the brim. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If you've never met Jesus, if you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus, the same Jesus who just performed this miracle and changed Peter's life this day is right here in this room, and he wants you to come to him today. It's not a big, long process. It's nothing no hoops you have to jump through. It literally is just a confession and a trusting of him. So this morning, if, if you need to be filled, if you have this thing at the depths of your heart that feels lonely and incomplete, he wants to fill it this morning. Just say this prayer in your heart. You can say it out loud. It's just a confession, really. Just say, Jesus, I failed. I've missed the mark of sin. And I guess one of the reasons is probably because I do feel so empty. So Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. 
I believe you died. I believe you rose. I believe you did it for me so that I could be forgiven. I receive your perfection. You take my messed upness. I commit my life to you. My life is no longer my own. I'm going to follow you the best I can. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice, God, for those who are struggling this morning with disappointment or failure or rejection or depression or whatever it may be. God, I pray that we would just open ourselves up enough to allow you to reset our expectations. God, would you fill every dark place, every empty place in the hearts of these people as only you can. God, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to teach your word. I'm so humbled every time I get to do it. God, would you just use this? God, help for it to resonate in the lives and the spirits of your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.